1: Hey, what's up, guys? It's Mike Lynch. What's going on? This is Rashad. This is the Sports Sunday podcast. Thanks so much for listening. It is now brought to you on the fan by your local Les Schwab Tire
2: Centers. Doing the right thing since 1952.
1: Weekends were made for sports. Now do the robot voice. I want to hear it again.
0: Me more, sir,
1: robot. That's a terrible robot boys. A look at the weekend in sports with the inside story on the Blazers, the Ducks, and the Beavers.
2: Everyone, meet freelance alien bounty hunter, Shannon Sharp. Shannon Sharp? The football guy? Yeah, I have aliens now. Used to catch TDs, now I catch ETs. You ever caught an alien, Shannon? Not yet, Mr. Question, but I'll let you know when I do. This is Sports Sunday with Mike Lynch.
1: We're the Some turtles. We're the turtles. Come on, guys. Get out of here. We're the turtles. And Rashad Taylor.
2: Nobody calls me Lebowski. You got the wrong guy. I'm the dude, man.
1: On 1080, The Fan. Hour two of two here on Sports Sunday. Mike and Rashad with you. Jesse along as well. Don't forget, we'll have this posted on the Les Schwab Tires podcast on radio.com and 1080thefan.com after the show. If and it's on Twitter at 1080 the fan on Twitter. If you missed any of the first hour with our hot four overtime reaction talk, you can get it all there. Next segment previewing tonight's game four. Do the Nuggets have enough mental fortitude to be competitive in this game tonight? 1030s, hate it or love it, but we will start with this. Just why is this run so special? For the Blazers. It was asked on Twitter by a pretty prominent national basketball writer Matt Moore and to me when I read it my first thought was well that's easy but when you think about all of the little things that happened this season that come together to create this I think it makes it a more special run than, than most of the Blazer runs in the playoffs in recent memory. A... Paul Allen passes away right at the start of the season. I think a lot of people, not you forget about it, but you forget that that happened this season. Mm-hmm. Right at the beginning of the season, basically before opening night, he passes away. So you're playing this without your owner, who has been your owner forever, and it's, there's an emotion tied to that. You then are playing through the adversity of the use of Nurkic's broken leg, who was a fan favorite, who, was, who had turned himself into the second best player on the Blazers, Although CJ might very well be resting that title right back from him at the, at the moment, but he was the second best player for the Blazers behind Lillard this regular season. And in a double overtime game against the Nets lands awkwardly on, on, I think it was Jared Dudley's foot snaps his leg in half gruesome video. Really, really, really tough. The night they clinched the playoffs, there was no joy in that Blazers locker room because Nurkic got hurt. You also suffered the CJ injury and he missed most of the end of the season as well, which looked very serious. Turned out to be a strain that he was able to return from, obviously, and is fine. And then you get to the first round of the playoffs where you've lost 12 straight games in in the playoffs. You've been swept in the first round two years in a row. And last year was one of the most embarrassing sweeps for this franchise or any NBA team in a long time. The way that they lost to the Pelicans. You play a team who had swept you in the regular season, who's talking all sorts of trash, and you annihilate them and have one of the greatest series ending game winning shots of all time at the end of it. And now you have a chance to make the Western Conference Finals. Finally, for the first time since 2000. And right, is it 2000? Yeah, it's 2000. Um for the first time since then against a team that is very beatable and you just went through a four overtime game to beat them. There, and you've got the Cantor storyline, and you've got the Hood storyline, and you've got Lillard being Lillard in the playoffs, like his best he's ever been. And it's not just about getting out of the first round, but it's everything is a confluence of pure greatness for this team right now and luck and fun and a great attitude and a great community. And this has got to be one of the most magical runs for Blazer fans in a very, very long time.
2: Um, man, this, this, the start of the playoffs is always special because especially if you're Portland, um, it's usually for whatever reason, uh, the basketball gods give us usually pretty nice weather right around that time. Um, there's just a buzz, you know, just kind of that goes around before the playoffs start and you're right. Blazers have been let down, uh, been a big let down for everybody for the past, I don't know, seven, eight, nine years. You know, you, I think there have been some great moments. In playoff history for the Blazers over the past little bit, Brandon Roy's you know big game in the in the playoffs against uh, against Dallas that you know was you know preceded by his retirement you know the the, the following or that season. Um, this 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 is way different though because unlike the other times, there's hope and more than hope, there's a lot of confidence that man, we can do this like. I think going into the playoffs, a lot of times you're like, okay, that last year New Orleans, like, okay, you're supposed to beat New Orleans, then New Orleans just completely waxes you. That wasn't supposed to happen. Uh, the year before that, I think they played, was it San Antonio in the first round, or I can't remember who they played in the first round, but it was just completely.
1: At before the Pelicans, yeah, before the Pelicans, it was the I can't remember Warriors
2: it was a war, yeah, and just got boat raced by the what what would be the the champions, you know, mm-hmm. at that point. you're so used to playoff disappointment to where now you've seen a team go through all this adversity from, like you said, beginning of the season, man, losing, you know, Paul Allen going forward, losing Nurkic, losing CJ season's over. Like everybody said at that point, season's over. You go in there and you play not really well against uh, the what could be called the best point guard in the league. You like you said, you annihilate them and you make Paul George and them just look. Like they were a JV team, you know, and and that's, and the shot and and the big shot to kind of end it the, all the bad shot. And then you play against Denver and Denver is a team that the the stats say they should beat the Warriors, beat the Blazers. But everybody's looking like, no, Denver's not better than the Blazers. You said that um, Denver just is just happy to be here. I think the Blazers are finally at a point to where like we're not just trying to get to the second round. We're trying to win. We're trying to be competitive and get all the way to the conference finals. I think that's the goal for everybody. Now, what happens once you get to the conference finals? Whatever. I can tell you, I remember the Blazers in 2000. I was a junior in high school when that whole thing happened. And this city is just so much fun when this team is good. I went out after game three, after that shot, and I can tell you, man, downtown was crazy. Everybody was so excited. Everybody was, was, had so much energy. I went to a Kentucky Derby party yesterday, and that's all people could talk about was the Blazers, and it's all people could talk about was this, was this game and, and, and how, how good this team was and how much heart this team had. These aren't things that I've heard about this team in a long time. So to see them be in this position right here at the beginning of May on my birthday and for them to go into game four, and everybody, everybody I think is confident that the Blazers are going to win this game. And they're going to win this series. And they're going to move on to the conference finals. This is a feeling that you haven't had for a long time. So why does it mean so much to the Blazer, to Blazer fans and to the Blazers? It's because, man, we finally feel like you can do this. This can happen. Like, mind you, you play against the Warriors, and huh. But the, the ball can bounce anyway. And you can go in there and steal one from Golden State. We're seeing teams in the playoffs come in there and beat Golden State two and three times, or two times at least. So the Blazers can get at least one or maybe two. And let's not... Can't just dismiss Houston because they played well, finally, Houston's yesterday. Not They're not winning the series, but they finally played well in another home game. And then the series is all knotted up at 0-0 again. But it feels good for They're- Blazer fans because you find you're finally at a point to where this is what you've been waiting for. This is what you've been expecting. And now that you're here, you're not just saying, oh, well, we're just glad to be here. No, we're ready to win.
1: I think also it's been it's been used as a negative against the city of Portland and, and for Blazer fans, but it also, I, I think, is a great positive is people always say, yeah, well, P- Portland only has one team, so of course they care. That's like always a negative thing that other people in other cities say. But to me, it's, well, good. That means that you care. That means that all the heartache that you've gone through for the last 20 years has led you to this point of feeling as good as you have. You can't have success without the failure, right? No. Uh, I, can't, I cannot imagine warrior fan right now actually i guess i could because i'm a yankee fan but i I cannot imagine warrior fan and how they react to championships at this point they're like oh that's relief thank god we won we're supposed to win right and i i I feel like there's less joy in that it's a lot less sure you're winning a lot but you can't you don't appreciate it like you should.
2: No, listen patriots fan Yankees fan right like I understand fr- franchises went all the time and so it's like the cool like I mean the Patriots won and it was like cool okay time to go to work tomorrow and no one cared that the Patriots won you know what I mean unless you're in New York and the Yankees win and I'm sure he's like yeah we won the World Series uh okay let's go back to so work after the parade it's
1: a little different now for the Yankees because they've won one World Series since 2000. But so, also,
2: oh, so they only have like 59 World uh, World Series well, championships now? But... Oh, okay.
1: <laughs> My bad. Also, I like how you slipped in it was your birthday today in there. Well, <laughs> well and, happy and, and thank and you. Jesse's and it's the homie Jesse's tomorrow. Tomorrow, Yeah. So we're it's in a there. double sports Sunday birthday week. Taurus gang,
2: man. All in there. But I, I think that's the, the, the main reason. Yes, the fact that we have one professional team in town uh, definitely builds more intrigue. But uh, the fact that you find somebody's text in, man, you, Greg Oden's knee, man, taking Sam Bowie. Man, the 2000 meltdown, you know, where the Blazers missed their first nine shots in the fourth quarter and let the Lakers take over. Uh, Brandon Roy's injury. Like, I mean, pick a reason to be happy about the Blazers being in this situation right now. This is the way it was supposed to be a long time ago with Brandon Roy, Greg Oden, and Marcus Aldridge. You're supposed to be having this parade, they said, three years after that team had gotten together. So now to finally be in this position to where things look hopeful and you look like you can win. And more than that, you look like you can compete. With Golden State, I think if there's any year the Golden State looks vulnerable, this would be the one. And if you've got any time to play your best basketball, CJ McCollum and, and Damian Lillard, Rodney Hood, Cancer, this is the time. Boogie's hurt you. You're, you're the opportunity has never been bigger for the Blazers right now.
1: And I think for the I think there should be maybe this doesn't need to be said, but I'll, I'll say it is. Don't don't try to fill. Fill yourself up with the negatives, whether it's the refereeing or the announcers not being positive enough on the Blazers or whatever. Enjoy the fact that you have a chance to get to the Western Conference finals this year. When in January, a lot of people were saying that was a possibility because of how well Nurkic was playing and how the West was shaping up. The Nurkic injury happened. Everyone thought the Blazers were dead. I thought the Blazers were dead. I thought the day the Nurkic injury happened, I went, they're not winning in the first round without him. Proved me wrong, proved a lot of people wrong. And they were given some pretty good matchups as well, it turns out. We didn't think the Thunder was a good matchup. Turned out it was. Didn't want the Thunder. You definitely don't want to play OKC. And you get the Nuggets in the second round, who many thought were the weakest high seed left in the playoffs. They almost lost to the Spurs, seven-game series round one. And we got a text that reminded us, and I I, I don't want to forget it. Let's remember the Anthony Simons 32 point comeback cuz if you don't have that you're the 4 seed. Absolutely. And you played the Jazz in the first round, and if you beat the Jazz in the first round, you're playing the Warriors right now. Mm-hmm. So don't forget about that little comeback against the Kings and game you were trying to lose and that it people were so upset about
2: that people were so upset about because you didn't want the 3 seed and you didn't want to play OKC and now Anthony Simons is sitting there looking like a golden goose, man. Very good.
1: <laughs> so just just make sure you are You are also enjoying the positives of this and not getting sucked into the officials and all that kind of stuff because it's just fun. No, this This is is a great time to be a Blazer fan, and it's been
2: a lot of fun. Listen, if you're not going to the game, man, go to the bar. I spent game three uh, at the bar, and it was awesome. You know, just being around a bunch of other fans. uh, Go to the motor center. Go around it. Just be where the fans are if you're not watching it at the house, man. Just the energy is just different right now. It's a beautiful day outside, 75 degrees, man, this this is a day that you definitely want to take advantage of. And it's probably a lot of free tequila or discounted on tequila and tacos a lot of places today.
1: All right, coming up next, there is a game today. Starts at 4 o'clock, very quick turnaround. Did it feel like to you that the team that lost the four overtime game was going to lose the series? Because it did to me. Let's talk about that next. This is Sports Sunday on the Fan. Weekend sports with a difference. This is Sports Sunday with Mike and Rashad on 1080, The Fan. Jay Bruce just hit a grand slam for the Mariners fans out there. 4-0 in the first inning over the Indians.
2: Yeah, batting 182 on the season, and look at come up with a big grand slam.
1: 11th home run and 22nd RBI. Look right at 30.
2: that.
1: Look at Jay Bruce. All right. He looks
2: like my chemistry teacher.
1: There's your non-blazer break of the show today. <laughs> Um, game Game four is tonight, Moda Center. I keep saying tonight, this afternoon. It's a 4 o'clock start for some reason.
2: It's 7 o'clock Eastern time, so tonight.
1: Uh, well, I know, but for us it's this afternoon. And I was saying this at the end of the game, probably about overtime 2 on Friday. The loser of this game is not going to be able to win this series because it is it is one of those games where you put forth so much – Obviously, physical energy, but mental energy. And if you lose that game in a playoff series and you're going down 2-1, especially, I think, if you're the Nuggets, because you have to play another game in Portland today, Mm -hmm. I don't know how you would have the mental fortitude to come back and play a great game today. I I even saw a lot of Nuggets people saying this. They go, there's no way they can win the series after that. I think it's almost just like a, a punch into the brain, right? You're tired. Everyone's going to be tired today. The Blazers are going to be tired too. You had the same amount of time to to recoup from the injuries, although the Blazers got to sleep in their own beds, whereas the Nuggets are sleeping in a hotel bed, which will make a difference. I guarantee it. But I just don't see a way that the Nuggets will win this game. And if they if they do, it will be an incredible sign of of strength from their part that they could they could win this game. But to me, this screams a Blazers twenty point win today. It just screams that because they're going to have the boost from being at home and from winning that game. I, I don't I don't know if I see it going another way.
2: I I think we all hope that that's the case. Um, we got to remember Blazers played in that game too, and they were gassed and winded, and it took a guy who hadn't played fifty plus minutes to come in the game and really close it for the Blazers. You know, it took Rodney Hood, who'd only played, want to say twenty something minutes, to come in the game at the end with his fresh legs and 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 shut it down for the team. So. Uh, the Blazers are going to be just as tired. The fact that they got to sleep in their own beds and sleep with their wives or girlfriends and everything like that, that, you know, definitely helps and is definitely going to be beneficial. They got their own kitchen and their own food. They're they not got their eating, own training facility. You know, they have their own everything, you know, at this point. So, you know, they're good. I I, I feel like if anybody from Denver is going to uh, struggle here, uh, it's two people. Um, it's Jamal Murray. Uh, he he played through that injury. Injuries, he though. played through those injuries and played really well. He didn't shoot the ball well. But when they needed a big shot, man, Jamal Murray was able to answer. And that kid is really, really, really freaking good. Like, we got to talk about Jamal Murray way more. And I think going into next year, uh, people are going to start paying more attention to him. And the other is obviously Nikola Jokic. How does he respond to playing the most minutes of any big man ever? You know, does he come out there? Is he flat? Like, what do his legs look like? Um, and then, man, for the Blazers, man, Enos Cantor, you know, who also played a lot of huge minutes with yeah, a he bum was, shoulder he and said a, he
1: was questionable for the game today or he said he wasn't sure yeah that's because he really re-injured it on on uh, friday so so, so we'll
2: that's something to think about if Cantor can't go then you're you're not you're i don't see the blazers pulling this out like Cantor has become that important to the team Zach
1: collins has played well this that collins though. has
2: played very well he's even taken some big confident threes um that i'm not happy with him taking all the way but one, of them, shots. but one of them went in, so not tripping. you know. So I, I think Collins has to play well. We've seen Myers have a, a couple games in the playoffs where he's played okay. Um, and I think if you can get a lot of production from those two guys in, in place of Cantor, you've got a shot to win. But if Cantor can't go tonight, that's going to be super, super big. And then for Dame, uh, I think this is – it sucks to call it gut check time for him, uh, but he hasn't played well in these first three games mind you he ended the game with well, game one he played great he played one he played game but game two wasn't as uh aggressive uh, even game one there was a lot of complaining to referees a lot of uh passing up shots that he would typically take for you know shots that are considered better but i think he second guessed himself a whole lot in that first game uh game two played not as well game three played well or played well down the stretch uh the Blazers need to come out in this first first quarter and the third quarter, and they need to be aggressive. Slow starts are what kind of uh, kill the momentum a little bit, and, and then it, will, it, and it gives them
1: that hope to stay in the game. Yes,
2: and then somebody from the Blazers has to play hero. It has to be Damian Lillard scoring twenty something in the third quarter. You know, it has to be C.J. McCollum going absolutely crazy in the last three, four over uh, three or four overtimes. Like it's taking somebody playing real hero ball to keep the Blazers afloat. I think if they can get to a point to where everybody's involved and everybody's scoring early in the game, I think it would be much easier to kind of keep that rhythm and move forward because Denver is definitely a rhythm team. They see two or three buckets go in. They know that they can keep attacking and keep scoring. A
1: couple of texts here. Better you today text line. Series is tonight. Denver's going to come out tough today, but I feel like this will be a blazer blowout by the end of the fourth I quarter. certainly
2: fingers crossed, bro.
1: I do agree with Rashad though. I think the Blazers have to come out swinging and try to get, try to play fast, Absolutely. early, and get out to like an eight nothing lead or a, a just a quick a quick eight point lead to try to give that cushion. Because Denver will come out tough at some point because they're going to realize how much the game will mean, and you're gonna you're gonna want to have a little bit of a lead before that happens. This text says this is the Nuggets' seventh game in fourteen days.
2: Mm. So they played back to back literally every day for two weeks. Yep. So and they
1: played a seven game series in game one or series one, and just played a four overtime game. They are tired. and I think to
2: end the season they played uh, a, a lot of games to do that. So I think they're dirt tired. The Blazers are really tired. Whomever can get out the to Blazers the fastest had start. Break though, they, they did they, have that break. They, they had did like a
1: five or six day break yeah, before the series. About a started. week,
2: almost a week. Yep. You know, so if the Blazers can come out and man get a quick. 15, 16 points on the board within the first three or four minutes of that game, I think you're looking at a a blowout. But if they struggle and they can't make easy bunnies and they miss open shots, then I think that's when Denver is able to make things happen.
1: And what they did in game two that worked, and honestly game three was all over the place, it's kind of hard to pinpoint some things, but is go after Jokic aggressively when he's on defense. Yes. If he's as tired as we think he will be, even if he's mostly recovered at this point, he won't be as quick and he'll foul more and you need him in foul trouble to win this game. You got him in foul trouble in game 2 even though you didn't play great, uh you still won the game. You got to do that again immediately. Drive on Jokic, get him in foul trouble or just if he's tired, blow by him and get easy points. Either way, it'll be beneficial to you. Don't don't settle for too many threes if you don't have to and don't play too much isolation basketball. Pass the ball, make their defense move, make them rotate. Make them have to cover different guys, tire them out as early as possible. Move, move,
2: move, move the ball. Make them work. You know, Jamal Murray. Make him move around. Make him, you know, work on that that thigh. Is it a thigh or is it an ankle? He's got a hip and a thigh. Yeah. So you know, make make him work. You know, so I think those are the things that are going to be important. Go at Jokic. Make him foul incredibly early. So if the Blazers can do these things first and third quarter, the reason the Warriors are so great, first quarter they start fast. They come out of halftime and they completely blow you out of the water by the time you get to the middle of the third quarter the game is typically over with the Warriors if the Blazers can do that today then they're gonna win the series a
1: couple more texts before we go the Blazers rarely blow anyone out true but this seems like a chance they could after game three I don't have the mental physical or emotional energy for another close game tonight especially with Game of Thrones later I think a lot of fans feel the same way they see four o'clock and they go oh, already I'm still re- I'm still recovering from uh, from game three this text, Nuggets are already mentally defeated. Blazers by 15, mark my words. And then, careful, these are all M- these are all pro NBA players. Denver is like a nap that you swipe at and they keep pestering you. All games are going to be They're tight. not going to stop. No blowouts.
2: Yeah. Well, Denver's uh, not going to stop. That's that's an important I point. I think there's like, a
1: difference between a blowout and winning by 10 comfortably. I- I'm leaning more towards the latter. I-, I think we'd all like to see a blowout just because it would give Blazer fans comfort. But I'm thinking more, there was a game against Oklahoma City, forget which one it was where they, for the most of the game had about an eight point lead and the, the thunder kind of came back a little bit at the end of the fourth quarter, but I think the blazers wound up winning by five or six and it just kind of stayed comfortably in that gap. I think that's, that's kind of what you're looking for tonight. In my opinion,
0: I just, I I think that this, uh, I don't know about a blowout, but I, I think the, the mental fortitude of the experience of being swept in the playoffs and, and, not making the Western Conference Finals in about twenty years. All of these things, I, the, the are are going to really like take this team to the next level. I think in Game Four because that is what Dame has done with his game this year. Is kind of taking it like from an All Star level to to a superstar level at least here in the playoffs. Um, and I know he hasn't had a great series with Denver, but because he's been so good, Denver's had to focus so much on him. Um, it really has opened things up for this this team and they've been able to make plays which in the past they haven't and uh, what they they need to know or they know what they need to do better than Denver does because denver hasn't been there and we all know that actually does make a big difference in the NBA so I think that's the biggest difference and that's where you're going to see the blazers really shift this series and, and take control of it and kind of maybe um put put the flames out of, of the denver nuggets all right, deep breath. Just spent an hour and a half talking Blazers. With Blaze
2: the Nugs,
1: I'm assuming there's a little bit coming up in Hater to Love it next, and then we have our final segment, which will, well, we'll figure it out as we go. But that is next, Hater to Love it first. Jesse, Sports Center. Weekends were made for sports. This is Sports Sunday with Mike and Rashad on 1080 The Fan. The music means it's time for Hate It or Love It. Jesse, what do you have for us these beautiful Sunday.
0: Uh, well, let's see here. Um, I do have something a little bit more obscure than normal, so we'll throw that one out there. And then, uh, obviously... I'll throw some NFL out there. Maybe we'll get an NBA out there and then we'll see what happens if we need to go to a fourth question. So. Okay. Um with that said, um, who's going first? It doesn't matter. Doesn't matter. It's probably me, right? I've
1: been going yeah. first
0: recently.
2: Let's just, uh, let's just keep it the way, yeah. You know,
0: all right, Lynch is going first. We we've just kind of given up on deciding who wants to. It just kind of just
1: it just randomly
2: happens.
0: It yeah. just randomly happens this way. Okay. It needs to be organic. All right. Um Let's stick with something a little obscure. We'll, we'll ease into this. And coming off the Kentucky Derby, it's the uh, what? The uh, fastest two minutes of awesome sports in in the world? Sure, something like nah. that. Something like that. Nah. Okay. Coolest two minutes. I something really, like that. I don't care at all, but no, nobody here does. But but we but for some reason it's a big deal. It's two minutes. It's a big deal. It's part of the Triple Crown, and we're still trying to make horse racing relevant, right? Um, One of the things that uh, continues to help propel this uh, relevancy of the sport, I believe, is the fact that uh, you keep seeing all these celebrities that like to go to the event and um, all the uh, crazy outfits that they like to wear, especially the hats. I don't know if you saw all the, oh, I've like, seen. I mean, yeah. I'm a Fedora fan, but man, they take everything to another level. It's they take it floppy, to the next level. It's
1: big floppy hat.
0: Day, it, it is. Yes. So with that said, you will not love or hate. You will not find a worse display of hat wearing than at the Kentucky Derby. A worse display, a worse display. Look,
1: <laughs> let, let's take this with a grain of salt. I'm going to say hate because I think it's the best display of hat wearing because it is creative it is goofy. It's funny. And it creates great pictures. It's it's a great way for people to to show off how silly they can look in a hat. I don't I don't really particularly care what hats you wear or whatever. It's it, it it is what it is. You can you can wear whatever you want and it makes for amazing photographs that you can look at later. One of my favorite things to do after the Kentucky Derby is to go there. It's always posted on those uh like The TMZ type of sites where they post all like these; these are the best hats that were at the Kentucky Derby, and they show like they do outfits for the award shows and stuff. Sometimes that's just really funny to go see what people wore. You do the same thing for the NFL draft. The Michigan kid wore the weirdest outfit of all time. The guy, uh, the linebacker from Michigan, Devin Smith, was that his name? Who got drafted tenth? He had the strangest outfit on ever. Who cares? It's funny. Who cares how crazy it is? I think I think it's goofy, and I don't I don't really care about hats in general. I'm not a hat wearer anymore. My head is way too big, and I feel like I look silly in them. So for me, I'll say hate. <laughs> it's the best
2: display of hat wearing.
0: Uh, best display. I like
2: that. All right. Um, I'll, I'll say hate as well. Um, well, yeah, I'll say hate as well. Um, Kentucky Derby's also asked, got a chance to go to a Kentucky Derby party yesterday and saw all the big, huge, floppy hats. Now, uh, some of them are absolutely awful. Some of them are make girls look super hot in those hats, you know, and some of them weren't necessarily hats, but just kind of brooches that kind of hung to the side of your head, you know, so that actually looked pretty cool. Um, the one of the worst displays of hats I'm, I'm, you know, as a black kid growing up in a black church um, days, like Easter Sunday, Christmas, you're down to see, you're bound to see some pretty asinine uh, headwear from some of the older mothers uh, of the church, you know, white diamonds, red perfume, and uh, big floppy hats that, you know, are impossible to see around and see past. Uh, I've seen one. One lady had literally had like grapes and like uh, fruit, like uh, plastic fruit and grapes and stuff uh, in one of her hats. It was actually pretty terrible. So I actually, actually saw some pretty uh, good looking hats yesterday. Uh, but going to church, that's where I would see the biggest collection of terrible hats all right. And a Diamondbacks game.
0: Even brought where you thought the worst headwear came <laughs> the from. The Diamondbacks
2: have the probably the worst hats, like, ever oh, in history. They have
1: weird uniforms. Yeah. That, man.
2: Diamondbacks, the purple with the snake and the... the, yeah, hey, the Diamond- hey, 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 hey. That's a cool look. Man, the Diamondbacks have terrible hats.
0: Yeah, no, I... I there was a church I used to live uh, by off of, like, um, Gleason and I don't want to say, like, 86th or something, and... They had those big floppy hats you were talking about. I remember being like, "Holy moly!" Because church I, did, I went to did not have the big floppy hats like that one did. But they, yeah. they definitely are a sight to yeah. see. So, I'm, I, where do you
2: even buy that hat? Like, that's my question. Like, where do you go to get the hat?
0: Right. Yeah, I, I wouldn't be able uh, to
2: answer that. Co- is oh, that what I, they're
1: called. The is that stores? what it is? Yeah, isn't that the name of a hat store?
0: Yeah, not lids. They ain't gonna sell that oh, at lids. Right. right <laughs> of course. All right, um right. We'll save the basketball for last. So moving on, let's do a little NFL. We had the uh, draft. We talked about the draft a little bit. Um, Nobody in the city cares about the week. draft with the Blazers right now. Right, it I know. Just kind of floated away. I know. I do though, because I am a, as everybody knows, a ridiculous football freak of a fan. Um, But there was just that kind of that weird, dramatic storyline coming out of Arizona uh, for about two months. Uh, Will they draft Kyler Murray? Will they not? Will they trade Josh Rosen? Will they not? Josh Rosen ends up in Miami. Kyler Murray now in Arizona. Love or hate? Kyler Murray will have a better season than Josh Rosen. Love. Uh, But it's not because of Josh Rosen's talent. It's because
1: they have a coach who actually coaches offense whereas the guy they had last year got fired in one year because he just wasn't very good and didn't put Josh Rosen in the situation to succeed. And if you remember when Cliff Kingsbury was, I believe this is when he was at USC for the two minutes he was there, he said if he was in the NFL, he'd draft Kyler Murray number one overall. He is now in the NFL. He was on the team that had the number one overall pick and he drafted Kyler Murray number one overall. He's a guy who runs a very fast, very, very, very college style offense, which will be very interesting to see how it works in the NFL basically chip kelly 2.0 in in attempting to to bring this type of offense to the nfl but because of the system he's going to run i think murray naturally is going to have a better season than josh rosen did remember josh rosen didn't start as the starter last year in arizona he came in i think it was week four or something like that didn't play he didn't play terribly he just never had a reliable offense around him that kind of got him a chance to succeed. I think going to Miami is going to be great for him. I think he's going to have a, a much better year in Miami this year. So uh, I'll say love, but it's not because of the quarterbacks.
2: What? Uh, love,
0: Kyler Murray will have a better season than than Josh Rosen. Did uh, last year. Oh, did last year? No, I'm just talking this year.
2: Oh, this year? Oh, shoot. Do you want to re-answer it or? No. Oh, okay. I mean, um, I got points. He got points. I uh, yeah. I, I hate it. Um, well, I, I think you guys know I, I like Josh Rosen. I saw enough of him in college to know how good he was. Um, he had flashes when he was on the field of how good he could be. I think he played behind one of the worst offensive lines in all of the NFL last year. He had one target to throw to, and that was Larry Fitzgerald, who, while he's still great, continues to get older and everything like that. Um So I look over at Miami and what Rosen might be able to do with guys like Devontae Parker and Kenny Stills. And is Dwayne Allen still there? And I don't remember. Uh, Dwayne Dwayne Allen. Allen, And and what? Miami? Dwayne Allen. Yeah, The tight end.
1: Wasn't he on the Patriots last
2: year? Well, is he? Yeah, no, Dwayne Allen yeah. was a Patriot Yeah, no, he's there this year. He's there okay. this year. I'm for, as I look at the depth chart, he's there this year. I don't know what I'm thinking of. Either way, he has toys to actually kind of work with, at least for a little bit. Not exactly sure what Kyler Murray is going to do. Again, still playing behind an offensive line that's not awesome. Uh, now you're going to have to throw the ball. Hopefully David Johnson is as healthy as he could be. Uh, but you're going to definitely need a lot more help for Kyler Murray. And it's not just Kyler Murray. Man, the the Cardinals in itself are going to need a lot more help than they actually have if they want to be competitive, especially in that division. At least for uh, Josh Rosen, he plays in a very winnable division outside of New England.
0: All right. Uh, One-point lead for Lynch coming into this round. You guys kind of broke even on that one. Um, We're going to go Blazers. Love or hate? Dame... uh, we all know Dame's been struggling a little bit, mostly due to the uh, defense being lobbed at him constantly against the Nuggets. Love or hate, Dame will have 30-plus points in Game 4.
1: Uh, I'm going to say hate, but I say that because I think it's going to be like 27, 26 points. I think he's done a very good job this this series about getting the rest of the team involved. And they've done a good job in scoring when he gets them involved. That's been the nice part is last year, if you remember, he was getting double and triple teamed and nobody else was scoring. This year, the other guys in the team are contributing. And the Nuggets are going to keep throwing the double teams at him. They're going to keep trapping him. They're going to keep trying to take the ball out of his hand. As we talked about on the show before, he's much better at getting out of the double team now. And that has led to easier buckets when he drives the lane or led to easier passes. But I'm just not sure him going off in isolation plays and being the only guy doing great is, is good in this series. You really need to pass the ball around. And especially today, like we talked about in, in the previous segment, you got to move the ball and get the nuggets tired. So I think he'll, I think he'll play much better. I think he'll hit more threes than he has throughout the series. I just don't know if he'll score over 30 today.
2: Um, I love it. Um, This is the game that Damian Lillard finally puts his stamp on on the playoffs saying that, yes, I am indeed the leader of this team. The first series, there was no question about who the leader was, and that series was won because of Damian Lillard. Let's go ahead and say that. This series has been more of a concerted effort by the rest of the team to show how good uh, the Blazers can be, and the Damian Lillard just kind of floated along, along with them. I think after la- or, uh, Friday night's fourth overtime game, uh, this is the game that he comes out and shows that man he is indeed a star. Uh, he they're gonna keep throwing different looks at him. Torrey Craig and uh, Gary Harris and Jamal Murray they're gonna give Dame a lot of different looks, but I just think he has to be confident and takes the shots that we're used to seeing him take. We haven't seen a lot of a lot of Logo uh, Lillard this this uh, series. A lot of reaches because he's passed that shot up for whatever reason. Once he gets out of his head and kind of gets back to uh, finding his swag, I think Dame is going to be just fine. Uh, I think tonight he comes out big. I think tonight he comes out aggressive and he kind of carries over some of the uh, energy that he had in those overtime games.
0: All right our winner today telling up the points uh, by one point. our winner today is
2: Drum roll, Mike please. Lynch
1: hey boo. I was anticipating for quite some time. That was boom. quite an anticipation pause right there.
0: Man, boom. Thank you. Yeah, I worked on that
1: one. We got some, we got a text here that I want to give a little bit of uh of a I don't know what the right word is. We'll talk about what he wanted us to talk about next. Would love a very, very lightning fast summary of the other series in the in the playoffs. Sure. That's next here on Sports Sunday on the Fan. Weekend sports with a difference. This is Sports Sunday with Mike and Rashad on 1080 The Fan. All right, we got about uh, three or four minutes or so left. So let's do a lightning fast, lightning fast. Chat about the other playoffs. We'll start with the game that's starting in an hour and a half. Game three, uh, four of Sixers-Raptors today. Sixers just took it to Toronto last, in the last game. Absolutely dominated them. And I was having this thought earlier in, in the playoffs, watching the Sixers play. I remember thinking, everyone thought the Sixers were going to be unbeatable after they traded for Tobias Harris. Because you've got Harris and Simmons and Butler and Embiid. And I just wasn't that impressed by them up until that, that point until last game where I went, Oh my God, if they're all cooking at the same time, they will not lose in these playoffs in the East. So I think, I think Toronto might be hitting that Toronto wall, which we've seen them do a couple of times the last few years. I think the Phil, I think the, the Sixers are going to win the series.
2: Uh, I, I still think Toronto has a, a really good shot as, as long as Kyle Lowry doesn't ever play ever again. Um, Kawhi Leonard is just so good. And even when he's bad, uh, he's still real, so much better than everybody else on the floor. So for that reason alone, I was still give him a chance. But you're right, man. Philadelphia just looks like they're a better team than Toronto. They're bigger than them. They're just kind of out-toughing them. And like you said, when everybody is playing well, this is the first game I think that we've seen all of those guys play really, really well. And if all those guys even come with a B-plus game, I don't know if there's another team in the league that has as much offensive firepower in their starting lineup than than them. And that includes Golden State. Now, because if Steph is not having a good game, we know KD can go off for 45, 50 points. Uh, but if Steph is not shooting well and we've seen Klay not shoot well, then the Warriors are invincible or you know, they're they're mortal. This <laughs> this Philadelphia team, if four of the five guys got it going, man, look the hell out. Because I don't know if there's much you can do about any one of those guys one-on-one.
1: The other series in the East, Bucks-Celtics has now swung back to Milwaukee's favor. They're up 2-1 in the series. And the last two games, they have hit 35 threes total in the last two games. 20 in game two when they won, 123-102, most of those in the second half, by the way. And then 15 in game three when they were able to win again. We talked about this last week. You were like, Boston's winning this series. They still might. Milwaukee has looked amazing the last two games. Giannis has stopped shooting. He's just driving constantly, which is his best strength, obviously. And the, the other guys on the team, Chris Middleton's playing great. They're getting good contributions off the bench. Last game, George Hill, 21 points on the bench. Pat Connaughton's had a couple of good games the last few games as well. If the Bucs get contributions like that, they're not losing the series as long as Giannis is being Giannis.
2: No, as long as Giannis can do his thing, like I think they're. going to be a great team. The one thing I think they're missing, and especially as these games get more competitive, I think it's going to be a problem is Malcolm Brogdon. He's a big part of what the Bucs are able to do and he's not there and I think that's why the Bucs have struggled um, in certain uh, instances. Meritich played
1: well in this place
2: last year. has played really, really well because Meritich is really good. Uh, Malcolm Brogdon is somebody who can come in the game and play one to three different positions for you. Uh, I think if the one thing for this Celtics team that they need is they're going to need Jason Tatum uh, to be a lot more aggressive than he's actually been. Uh, Jason Tatum, I believe, is averaging nine points for the playoffs. That's terrible for a kid that we all project to be a, a great player in the NBA. So he needs to play much better, but everybody else in the Celtics, they put out a great effort. They just didn't have enough in the end to compete with uh, what Milwaukee was able to do. And nine
1: points in the series.
2: Nine points in the series. Yeah, yeah. exactly. That's that's terrible. He's averaging so,
1: 15 points in the
2: playoffs. Yeah, so, he, that's, so that's not very good. And so he needs to make sure he comes through for this team against this uh, Milwaukee or with with this Giannis-led Milwaukee team because they're tough.
1: And the final one, Warriors-Rockets. Rockets Rockets took the game yesterday. It's a strange game. Steph Curry was awful yesterday. Steph hasn't been good good. in the playoffs. He's been really bad. Some are saying maybe his his finger injury that he had might, might be part of it. He completely just hit the side rim on a dunk attempt that would have gotten the game back to within two near the end of the game last night. And then they decided not to foul. They pulled the Spurs and just gave up. It's very strange end of the game. But I think the Warriors are still winning the series easy. I don't uh, think the Rockets have a lot that's I mean, going to stop the
2: Warriors. The Rockets could come out and have a crazy, you know, game four and change the entire series. But I think Golden State is just the stronger team than them right now.
1: All right. There's your rapid fire other playoff pre- uh, breakdown. We'll be back next week, hopefully, talking about Western Conference Finals, Portland Trailblazers. Huh? Let's huh? go. How Let's good does go. that sound?
2: That sounds dope, man. This time next week we could really be talking about that. So Four that's o'clock super fresh. today,
1: game four. Enjoy the game. Go Blazers. Go Blazers. We'll